The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. That's it. Verse 4. <laughs> Thanks be to God. It is beautifully short. I think what Adam was saying just now about um, New Year's resolutions is, is perfectly sums up the hope we have at the beginning of the new year. I don't know where you were on New Year's Eve. I don't know if you can imagine where you were. Maybe you were at a party, maybe you were with your friends, maybe you were with your family, maybe it was just you on your own. And I don't know what you were thinking about 2022, but if you were like me, you were hopeful, you were excited, you were looking forward to what the year had to come. And you weren't necessarily thinking about the problems that might come your way. And like Adam said, you know, by the 15th of January, so many people have broken their New Year's resolutions. And like me, by the 16th of January, perhaps you're kind of feeling a bit miserable. The festivities are over, the Christmas lights are down, the cold no longer feels Christmassy, it just kind of feels a bit sad. It's raining, perhaps it's kind of miserable. Your friends and your family have gone back to the places where where they usually are. And there's, maybe there's not a lot to look forward to. I don't know whose favourite celebrations are Pancake Day and Valentine's Day, but that's what's coming up next month. It can kind of feel a bit bleak. But that's, that's just life, isn't it? Life is full of joys, thrills, excitements, hopes, but it's also full of storms. And we can be really good at uh, tackling the joys. We love it. We know what to do. But when the storms come, it's almost like there's a big injustice and we, we're not expecting it. And that can happen a lot of times when, when illness happens, when people die. It's shocking to us. We kind of like to sort of stay ignorant of what can happen to us in our lives. I really tried. Um, I didn't try to make a three-point sermon. It's the most Anglican thing you could do, and I've accidentally slipped into it. Um, but I have a three-point sermon. Uh, we're looking at Jonah today, and he encounters a big storm in his life, and it has a huge effect on his life. It's four kind of snappy verses. And basically, um, God asked Jonah to do something. He asked him to go to Nineveh, to preach to the great city. Jonah says no, he decides to run away. And the consequence is, Jonah got onto a boat, and it sailed away, and God sent a big storm. And we can totally see it's just an absolute result of Jonah's own sin that he ended up in that storm. He decided to go against God, and so the storm was the consequence. And sometimes when we experience storms in our life, it's totally our fault. And maybe that's okay sometimes. I mean, when I was on my degree, when I was doing my theology degree, I did my theology degree at Exeter, it was one of the most stressful times of my life, because there was always kind of a deadline looming, somewhere I hadn't done enough there was something that I hadn't done yet. I hadn't done enough revision for the next thing. I hadn't done enough work for the next thing. There was always kind of stress looming. And maybe that was my fault. Maybe I should have trusted in God more. But to be honest, the truth is, I decided to do that degree. It's from my own actions. And in Jonah's situation, he decided to go against God. It was his own decision. 
Sin is a suicidal action of the will upon itself. No wonder it went wrong. He deliberately decided to go against God. But the results were amazing. When God intervened, when God disciplined him, when God sent a storm his way, he grew as a person, he changed his character. And by the end of the book, we see a slightly different Jonah to the Jonah we saw at the beginning. So sometimes storms happen in our lives and we know it's our fault. We did something wrong. We said the wrong thing. We did the wrong thing. It's our fault. But sometimes it's not so obvious. But it's very easy on the kind of the limited information we have to assume that it's God's fault. We're very quick to blame God for what's going on. Easily, if we were in Jonah's situation, we could have said, you know, if God asked me to go 550 miles to Nineveh, it would have taken me over a month to get there. I could say, that's unfair. Why would you make me do that? And Nineveh wasn't just some city. It was dangerous. It was really dangerous. It dominated the ancient world. It had a population of like 600,000, 60 miles circumference, 1,200 towers, 200 foot high. It was a dangerous place to go, and it had a reputation for brutality and violence. Surely that's just really dangerous of God to send him there, and really unfair of him to make him go so far. And you could even say in your situation, I can't believe God sent a storm. How could God do this to me? Firstly, that's unfair. I thought, God, you gave me free will. I should be allowed to do what I want. I made my decision, so I should just get to live my life. Why would you do this to me? That's so unfair. And secondly, surely this is really dangerous. He got on a ship that sailed for Tarshish. And we don't really know where Tarshish is. We think it's kind of in the south of Spain, but it might be in Cornwall. We're not sure. But basically, it's very far away. It's probably about something like 2,500 miles away. And the ships from Tarshish, they were built really strong. People even use the ships like as a metaphor. You know, you say, you look like a million dollars today. You might say, oh, you're as strong as a ship from Tarshish. They were very, (laughs) it's not the best compliment, but it was true. They were really strong ships. And the people who sailed on the ships were strong sailors. But the storm came and it threatened to rip the ship apart, a ship that was famous for being strong. And the sailors were afraid. Surely, this is an incredibly dangerous storm. It's unfair that God would do this. It was dangerous to send him to Nineveh in the first place. It's unfair to expect him to go 550 miles in the wrong direction. It's very easy for us to take our situations, our misunderstandings, our limited information, and to blame God for it. And in our relationships, it's very easy to kind of assume the worst of people. I was, I I couldn't sleep last night. I was up at two o'clock in the morning, and suddenly I heard a bzzz, and I was like, what's that? And then I heard it again, bzzz, and it sounded just like the back doorbell. And immediately my mind went, it wasn't, I didn't assume it was a good thing. I was like, there must be robbers. So I decided to go downstairs as if robbers would ring the doorbell in the first place. <laughs> so I kind of gradually approached the back door and looked through the window as expecting to be frightened by someone's face and no one was there. Stupid. So I went back to bed. But then outside I heard a bang, a bang, a bang, a bang. And I thought, it's a gang. It's definitely a gang. Someone's doing something wrong. And I looked out the window, and there was this guy behind a car, and he was whacking it. I thought he was whacking it. I thought he was trying to break into the car. And I kept on looking for a while, and it turned out there had been a a gas leak. And he was just making holes in the ground as they started to prepare the ground to repair the gas works. I don't know why they were doing this at 2 o'clock in the morning. Not fair, but maybe it was important. I don't know. But it's so easy for us to just assume the worst about people, 
to assume the very, very worst things possible. We snap into that. And maybe sometimes it's justified. You know, maybe it comes from our own experience with people. Maybe people have let us down. Or maybe it comes from our own understanding of ourselves. You know, we know how truly sinful and lacking we can be. And so we just expect that to be the same with others. And even the Bible says that we're sinful. But there's a really big problem that comes when we try to apply that to God. God is never sinful. He has never been, is not, and will never be wrong. And God is good. And if we truly believe that, when the storms come our way, we won't be blaming him for our situation. The truth is with Jonah, God did ask him to go 550 miles away to a place that would take him at least a month to get there. But the truth was Jonah was happy to go 2,500 miles away in the other direction. Maybe it wasn't so much of an ask. And yes, Nineveh was dangerous. It was a city famous for its brutality, its violence. It was strong, it was scary. But there were things happening behind the scenes. God had been softening the hearts of the people from Nineveh from beforehand. We believe there were two plagues before Jonah went there. And there was even a total eclipse of the sun. And the people in Nineveh saw this and realised it was God. So when Jonah actually went to see them, it changed their minds. Why did it change their minds so easily? Probably because God had been working on their hearts beforehand. And when God sent the storm, it wasn't that God did something evil and horrible to Jonah. The truth is, when we do things against God, when we disobey his will, we should expect to be disciplined. That's what we should expect. Not because God hates us, it's because he loves us. You know, a good parent doesn't tell their child off and make the child sit on the naughty step just because they want to. It's difficult, it hurts, but it's there for a reason. We become better people because we're disciplined. God had every right to send that storm, and because God sent the storm, it was good. And to be honest, Jonah wasn't pure in his motives either. The Ninevites wasn't, Nineveh wasn't just a neutral city to Jonah. The Ninevites were enemies of the Israelites. And if, Nin, if Jonah went to help the Ninevites, he might have been helping the enemy who would later destroy his own nation. And he didn't want them to experience God's gifts, God's goodness. He wanted to keep it to himself. He was selfish in his motives, and he decided to run away. And sure, the storm was dangerous. Things can be dangerous in life. But look at the result. The sailors who were with Jonah, they were worshipping other gods, but when their storm came, they started to worship God instead. And the storm changed Jonah's path. It changed him into someone's life. When we can't see the bigger picture, we can easily find ourselves blaming God. And at the heart of that is because we don't fully trust him, perhaps. It's really easy to sing the words on the screen that we trust God, that we love God, that we'll obey God. But when life gets going, when things get difficult, it's not easy. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We shouldn't necessarily expect to understand everything that's going on in life. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. We have to obey God in all our ways. And if we trust him, if we love him, that's what we'll do. So sometimes storms in life, it can come because we've done something wrong and we know we've done something wrong and that's led to a consequence. 
Or sometimes we've done something wrong and we can't see it, and that's led to a consequence. But there's one big problem that's left. Sometimes it doesn't seem to be because of sin that there's problems in the world. We kind of know this, don't we, from, from the creation narrative, when everything went wrong, when the fall happened, when Adam and Eve did the wrong thing, two things happened. One, there was moral evil in the world, so we can make bad decisions, we can sin, but the second one was there was natural evil in the world. How on earth do we explain children dying of cancer? How do we deal with that? How do we deal with illnesses that just last years and years and years and don't seem to make sense? Maybe it's not always because of our sin. So what do we do with it? It's one of the biggest questions in the whole of theology. If someone tries to come up with a solution to that question, it gets given a special name. It's called a theodicy. And loads of people have tried to do loads of things to try and explain what's going on. But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that Adam and Eve sinned. It brought moral and natural evil into the world. And we can't explain everything that goes on. We can't explain why some people experience worse sins than others. It's not always obvious. We don't always know the answer. But God asks us to trust him, to love him and to obey him. And either we really do trust and obey and love God and believe that his ways are higher and that he knows the truth, that he knows what we should be doing, or we don't. But it's not easy. But we have so much evidence to show us that God really is the good God he says he is. Abraham spent ages wandering around and it must have looked like, you know, God isn't fulfilling his promises. He got really old. What's happening? What's happening in his life? But he had a child and that changed the course of history. And Joseph, he was mistreated by his brothers. He ended up in prison for a long time. And that must have seemed awful. You look at your whole life and you think, what's God doing in this situation? Surely God is not good. I can't see the bigger picture. But then in the end, his life was changed. And Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness before he was leading. He was an old man before he started leading. And it must have looked like everything was going on. Everything was going wrong. Where's the good in his life? But as God's children, if we want to be great children, perhaps we might need to experience great trials. I don't know who are the people you most respect, the Christians you most respect, the ones that you look to and you think, you're amazing. For me, uh, some of them are in this room. But the truth is, a lot of these people have gone through like, really difficult situations. You see people talking about these like, excruciating experiences where they come close to death, where they've seen horrible, horrible things, but they're still a Christian because they still decided to trust and obey God. And they believe the truth, that he will save them and that he disciplines us for a reason. And in the bigger picture, everything will be worked out for good. And that's what we believe. And it's not easy. It's, not re it's really difficult. But the only way we can do it is in God's strength, not our own. We draw near with faith. Jesus comes into our lives. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, we can become more like him. We can learn to trust him. We can learn to obey him. He will make our lives pure and good. Amen.